What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I gotta tell you about the most universal mattress on the planet. It's from our friends over at Snooze Sleep, and this is the Snooze Flip. And what it is, is it's a four-in-one mattress. One side is hard, the other side is soft. So if you prefer a hard sleep, well... Put the bed on that side. If you want a softer sleep, put the bed on that side. Let's say in the winter you like it hard. Well, do it in the winter, then flip it over in the summer to get it soft. And also speaking of summer and winter, they have a reversible pad that goes on, which can be make one side five degrees cooler and the other side warm. So you can customize it, do hard and soft or, or hard and hot cold and soft, whatever you want, you can do to get that perfect sleep that you desperately deserve and need. Snooze Sleep is Colorado-based, and we know supporting our local partners is so important to us. It's also made in Colorado, but designed for the entire world, and guys, they are hooking everyone up. If you use the code DNVR over at snoozesleep.com, you'll get $250 off a mattress and $250 off an adjustable base for the queen mattress, and you'll get a savings of $500 and double it for their king. You'll get $1,000 off with that deal as well. So check them out at snoozesleep.com and smash that code DNVR to get $500 in savings on a queen and $1,000 in savings on a king mattress and base. So check them out, snoozesleep.com, smash that code DNVR. All right, Mace, let's hop into the show. into the DNVR Broncos podcast on this terrific Tuesday. I'm your host, Zach Stevens, joined by my man, Andrew Mason. Before we hop into the show, gotta tell you about our presenting sponsor, MSU Denver Online, because over at MSU Denver Online, you can get an education while continuing to live your life, which is so important for the vast majority of people out there that want to get a degree, but they also have to work while doing it, and MSU Denver has done this for many years before the pandemic. They mastered this art, so there's no better place to turn than over at MSU Denver Online. So make sure to check out all of the classes and opportunities they have over at MSU Denver Online. And one more thing, if you guys are tuning in live, we really appreciate that. Hit us with a thumbs up over on YouTube. If you're watching on Twitter, flip over to YouTube. That's where the chat really pops. That's where it's a better stream, and that's where we get your comments uh, the best. So jump over to YouTube and hit us with a thumbs up, please. We'd really appreciate it. My boy, Mace, what is going on, my friend? Not much. The chat really pops. I could think of other words to describe how the chat sometimes gets that is on YouTube. True. Look, and I will admit, I'm one person. I don't read comment sections. I don't read YouTube comments because I lose my faith in humanity sometimes. <laughs> like, like, speaking of faith in humanity, did you see that thing from Chicago about how Matt Nagy's son was playing in a high school football oh, game and students for the 
opposing school were chanting fire Nagy oh at gosh. Nagy's son. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. That's awful. It's a low blow. Where where are we as a society right now? Yeah. Yeah. For, oh, there are a lot of ways we can talk about that. But anyway, let's pick it back up. Let's be positive. We're going to talk about core players. And two of them are Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick. We'll get into more of the core players later. But, Zach, you weren't on the podcast yesterday. So I want to ask you, how do you feel about these twin re-signings of Sutton and Tim Patrick? Mixed emotions. And I'll just get the uh, – well, 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 let's just start with the positive. And Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick – very good players. We know that. And the Broncos actually got good value on signing both of them for $25 million a year combined. Mm-hmm. I also like the way that the news is coming out about how court or how Tim Patrick's deal is not backloaded. What did we constantly, constantly see in the John Elway era? We saw these backloaded contracts when the Broncos had salary cap space right away, but they would backload them and then it would put them in a weird spot at times. I love that that Tim Patrick's numbers are nine million next year, nine million the year after that, and ten million the year after that. I love that the way that breaks down. So in terms of the contracts, good value. I like that. But Mace, you said twin twin receivers. I don't like that. Uh, and and I that's not something that I can turn my back on. I've been saying it ever since they signed Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders. That's not a way to build a football team. Now. If you have a great quarterback, sure, you can give a great quarterback two great wide receivers and pay them a lot, and then that'll be successful. You know what you can also do when you have a great quarterback, Mace? You can give them the John Doe's of the world, and they turn them into Pro Bowl receivers. So uh, I don't need to hear that you know the Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson needs these two guys in order to come here. Look what Russell Wilson has right now in Seattle. He has DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. He has really good receivers. Look what Aaron Rodgers has. He has one of the best wide receivers in the NFL in Devontae Adams. Those guys wouldn't be leaving their places because they don't have receivers and because they're looking for better receivers. No, they have all the receivers they need and you're telling me that let's say the Broncos we, we knew that the Broncos weren't going to lose Corton Sutton and Tim Patrick right Mace I mean we knew they were going to keep one of those guys around yeah and probably both because you had the franchise tag in your back pocket Ex- exactly if they don't get it done with Sutton and I honestly I still think that was probably the more logical play is to tag is to tag him for one year Sure, and, and yeah. that that just buys you because right right now right. you've seen Tim or Cortland Sutton for ten games coming off the ACL. I was a little surprised to see that after they got Tim Patrick done, they got Cortland done so quick. Uh, but 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 back to back to what it means for the quarterbacks. The Broncos weren't losing Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. You're going to tell me that Russell Wilson isn't going to come here because the wide receiving core is Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. Then you also have Noah Fan, Alberto, uh, and, and and Javante Williams, and, and vice versa for Aaron Rodgers. No, I don't. I don't buy that one bit. This wide receiving group is is already was already attractive enough for one of these these quarterbacks. So I do believe George Payton when he said when he was asked yesterday and, and he said that. Signing these deals is not to make a run at, at one of these quarterbacks. It's just setting your team up to have good players. And if you can find good value in players, it makes sense to keep them. So I'm going back and forth here on why it's good, yeah. why it's bad. and There's uh, a lot th- to get off your chest here, clearly. Exactly. There is a lot to get yeah. off my chest. And speaking of value, Mace, one thing that does concern me. I like getting good players at good value. And that's what the Broncos did with both of these guys. Mm-hmm. But... 
where the Broncos have signed their biggest deals now with this year with uh, Tim Patrick, with Cortland Sutton, and now with Justin Simmons. Those are the three biggest deals the Broncos have made this year. They're all at not very valuable positions. The wide receiver position, the most dependent position on the field. Safety position, you know, yeah, you love to have good safeties, but at what cost? It's crazy that Seattle gave up two first-round picks for, for Jamal Adams and paid him tons of money. That, that's Seattle it. thinks differently in the rest of the league, which is part of why they're in the state they are right that's now. That's exactly what I'm saying. So the Broncos are getting value, but also paying guys at positions that aren't very valuable. And yes, the Broncos are in a good cap situation compared to the rest of the team, but it doesn't mean that they can just go out and give uh, every single position tons of money. I just, I don't like where the money's going right now, even though they have a lot. So great to great to get good value players, great to get good players. Uh, and I just, I just don't like everything about it. It's fair. Now, he, the, here's the thing. If you get a great quarterback, like you mentioned, first of all, First of all, if you're trying to make yourself attractive, I think the receivers matter, but I also think the mm-hmm. coaches matter. Right. And I think maybe the the coach and the offensive scheme are going to be more important if you're going to try to make yourself attractive to Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson saying, yeah, I'll accept the trade there. One thing, though, let's say I think plan A is veteran quarterback, top-level veteran. I think that would be plan A for every for everyone, yeah. Plan B is the draft, right? I hope so. Because I don't, you know, we've talked, we were talking about this before the show. I don't want to see big money for a second or third tier quarterback. To me, if you can get Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, great. If you can get any of these other guys, I know Ryan and I talked a lot about Kirk Cousins yesterday. Mm-hmm. No thanks. No thanks. No thanks. Just, on, and and Kirk, Cousins the, the, Kirk Cousins is the best right. uh, of of the second tier right there. And absolutely no thanks. A guy that scares the crap yeah. out of me, Mace. And we talked about it just before the show. Matt Ryan, that scares the living daylights out of me. I don't want to anything to do with that. For those guys. Exactly. That's too, that is too much. That's not enough juice for the squeeze. So you're better off getting the cost-controlled quarterback and then say, in the draft, yeah, you're hoping that he hits. But... If you have a cost-controlled guy, you can give him plenty of weapons. And then I think the other element of a cost-controlled quarterback is you fortify the offensive line. Let's say that George Payton decides, I love Matt Corral. We're going to get Matt Corral one way or the other out of this draft. Great. If you have a conviction on him, do it. But then I think the next set of moves beyond this, taking advantage of the cost-controlled window, is to upgrade the offensive line a little bit. All respect to Lloyd Cushenberry, but... If you bring in a young quarterback, I want the best veteran center that you can find. Without a doubt. To help that to help that young quarterback out. I want to stop the revolving door at right tackle yep. and have a long-term solution. Yep. I think Quinn Miners is going to be a long-term solution on the interior. And Garrett Bowles, he's a core guy, as we'll get into. But that's what I want to see if they go young, young quarterback. So then you say, okay, we gave you a running back, and Javante Williams is really effective. We gave you the protection up front, and we gave you a bunch of, of targets who, by the way, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, they're going to be year five next year. So for a young quarterback, they are the experienced, seasoned hands who ought to be able to help a young guy along. They're not Tim, they're not 2018, 2019, Tim and Cortland. They're mature veterans who should be able to guide a young guy. 100%, 100%. And, and Mace, that, that's why... 
I don't buy too much into the fact that these are moves in order to go get yourself that veteran to convince Aaron Rodgers to come here. Again, I think those guys are coming to Denver, uh, whether it's they have Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick or whether they just have one of those guys because you can't forget about Jerry, Judy, and the rest of the weapons the Broncos have. So I don't buy too much into that. But, Mace, I think you make a good point that this team isn't just a quarterback away. What Now, if they get Aaron Rodgers, they're really going to be much better. Uh, but if they get a, a rookie and go that rookie route, and even if it's still a veteran, there's other spots that this team needs to work on greatly. Right now, the Broncos are, are set at about $79 million in cap space, according to Spot Track. You take about, let's just say, $25 million in cap space away for Cortland and Tim, although we don't know exactly Cortland's, Cortland's know numbers Tim's yet. Is 9.25. Exactly. So let's just assume that that it's right around there as well. So now the Bronx are down to $55 million. Let's say you go and get Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson. What's that going to be, $35 million against maybe, your cap? Maybe 40 Maybe 40 Okay, you're at 15 or $20 million. And then so, you got to pay your draft picks. Although exactly. you're going to be sacrificing a lot of draft capital yep. to get Wilson or Rodgers. If you trade for Wilson or Rodgers, you will not have a first-round pick for the next two years. Yeah. And you may only have one second-round pick of the three you have for the next two years. Exactly. So, so Mace, that, that, that's, that's my point about why uh, the Broncos, yeah, they have a lot of money, but after these moves, and you're feeling great about where you are because you have Aaron Rodgers or Russell, Russell Wilson, mm-hmm. but you have 15 to $20 million, and then you're right, you need to save probably only $5 million for your draft space, and then that's, that's not addressing anything else. You have that- to plug every hole with a veteran. Yeah, what you have, right? And because you can't rely on a third or fourth round pick to provide immediate help with right? cheap veterans yes. too. A, at that point, now you probably will get some cap me- manipulation and you going will on. Get some discounts. A, you, you you will get some discounts, but we're not talking the Broncos having forty million to spend that they can spend on and get six starters. You're talking about fifteen to twenty million that maybe they can get uh, two to three starters. So that's just what I mean about. I like Cortland and Tim. I like keeping them, but you are taking 10 to $15 million a year away from positions that are probably more valuable, starting on the inside building out. Mm-hmm. And what they did with, with their top three highest paid moves this season is they went outside going in. So it's not right. against Tim or Cortland. And the other thing, I mean, think of what we've seen at right tackle. The Broncos have kind of looked for year-to-year solutions at right tackle, right? Yep. Yep. Jared Vel, Jared Valdir comes in. DeMar Dotson for 2020. This year, Bobby Massey. Now, those are fine if you don't have many of them. But you are potentially looking at four or five spots being one-year solutions. Now, if you've got a great quarterback, you can make that work. I mean, think back to when Peyton Manning was in Denver and how you'd see a Keith Brooking here, a... You know, a Dan Copen there. They kept, There were a bunch of one-year solutions up and down the roster that you were able to function with because you had Peyton Manning. But that's just something that you will have to prepare yourself for if that's where you're going, is that if you have all the cap room taken up by trading for a quarterback, by acquiring that contract, and then you're sacrificing draft capital, for a couple of years you're going to be try, trying to kind of basically duct tape and spackle some things and also hoping that this draft class which has looked very good to this point that all of those guys that have flashed are going to be long-term hits and then we're not having the conversations a couple of years down the line that we've had this year about say Dalton Reisner and Noah Fant not building off of the promise they showed early yeah exactly and now Mace let's say it is a rookie quarterback 
Those $35, $40 million that, that vanished because you, you spent it on a veteran quarterback, now that's money that you can spend. And now paying two wide receivers makes a lot yeah. more sense because also, like you said, those guys are veteran guys now. Judy is going to take that step in his third year being more of a veteran, but you're not relying on Judy to be the vet of the room like you were Cortland Sutton a couple of years ago. You have that veteran leadership in that wide receiver room. It should really help. And since you're not spending that money, you can spend it on that defensive line. You can mm-hmm. spend it inside line break. You can spend it on the offensive line. So to me, I would think that these moves would be pointing more toward a rookie, but of course, that doesn't mean that if Aaron Rodgers is available and Russell Wilson right. is available that you're going to say no, of course not. You're absolutely going to go that route. I just hope they say no to a Matt Ryan or Kirk Cousins Please. If, they, if they can't get those guys Please, and, and go with a young guy. By the way, you mentioned Jerry Judy. I think it's interesting to look at Judy. I touched on this in my article last night. At his long-term contract situation. Now, we have learned about Tim Patrick's uh, year-to-year cap hit. That's 9.25 each of the first two years. Now, what we don't know yet is the percentage of that that is guaranteed. And that's why it's really interesting because Tim Patrick has an $18.5 million guaranteed. Mm -hmm. Well, if you take the first two years of salaries on Tim Patrick's contract, 925, 925, that's 18.5. So are they front-loading the guarantee? If that is the case... That is really interesting in terms of long-term planning. Ditto for Cortland Sutton because 34-9 is guaranteed because Jerry Judy has his fifth-year option coming up in what would be Tim Patrick's third year of the contract, and he would get a new contract potentially in what would be Cortland Sutton's fourth year. And are these contracts structured to where even though they say three and four years, they're two and three years? Because, by the way, if Jerry Judy gets the fifth-year option, if he's made the Pro Bowl once, that transition, that, that fifth-year option is the equivalent of the transition tag at his position, yep. which is likely going to be 17 to $18 million yep. for Jerry Judy in 2024. And unless he bombs, I think he's going to get that fifth-year option. So you can kind of see some of the planning in place budget-wise to where the baton of a big contract gets handed to Jerry Judy in the mid-2020s as well. Without a doubt, and it's an excellent point, Mace, that it's setting up to where they don't have to choose whether or not to keep Jerry Judy. They can absolutely keep Jerry Judy as well, and it's just going to be, are they going to be paying a third wide receiver $10 million when you're paying a second wide receiver $15 million and a number one wide receiver $18 million mm-hmm. potentially at that point. Yeah. Yes, the salary cap is going to go up, but that's still going to be a ton of money dished out to wide receivers. And really quick, speaking of Tim Patrick, happy birthday, Tim. What hey. a week it has been for him. Life-changing money, 18.5 guaranteed. Yes, and I believe... What a he, birthday gift. I believe he gets 15 million dot wait let, let me check this because i have it right here uh i believe tim patrick gets a huge payday in just a couple of days uh according to ryan o'halloran he gets three million dollars within the next 15 days so not too bad not too bad way to celebrate a birthday and by the way o'halloran has the cap hits for Cortland sutton on his contract 13.2 next year okay and so that means the two of them are combined. Nineteen point, are, are combined at uh, twenty one point four five million next year. 
Sutton's cap hit goes up to $15.23 million in 23, down to $14.23 in 24, and $14.73 in 25. Again, kind of the big thing we'll learn in, in due time how the guarantee of 34.9 is is spread out, but um, that probably leads to a fourth year that you could get out from for fairly minimal dead money charge. Yep. And if Tim Patrick's is structured the same way, well, then you can see all the planning in place to get Jerry Judy in when it's time for his big payday as well. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So did G- George Payton locking these two guys yeah. up on essentially two and two and a half year deals. It's You know what? And here's the thing. It's what John Elway did at one point. We, we we criticized Elway earlier in the show for kind of putting things on a credit card. Do you remember in the Peyton Manning era, yep. we heard the words pay as you go an awful lot? Yep, he did that yeah. when it was successful during right. Peyton Manning. He did it, and then after, he they started lost doing the, backloading. Yeah, they lost the plot after Peyton left. I, yep. I'm glad to see the Broncos get back to more of a pay-as-you-go structure. Yep. Yep, I like that too. The Broncos, it was funny, the first like five years or so, five, six years of John Elway were regarded as one of the best teams in terms of managing contracts and managing the cap. Yep. And then they and then they, it, they got away from them. Bad, bad commitments, bad contracts. Yep. So it's good to see hopefully them getting on the right path here. Yeah, it, re- it really does amaze. I want to talk about some more core players that the Broncos aren't going to move on from, just like mm-hmm. they did with Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. But first, I want to tell you guys about why we're giving thanks and it's for DraftKings. They are so thankful this Thanksgiving that they want to give you $100 in free bets. And here's what you do to get $100 in free bets. For new customers, if you bet $1 on any Thanksgiving game, there's three of them this week, and any team in that game scores a point, you get $100 in free bets, which you can use right away. So maybe you want to get in on that that Thursday night action, Bills and Saints, and you want $100 of free money to use. Well, bet on either the Bears or the Lions to score in that 10 a.m. game on Thursday. If, if any team scores a point there, you get $100 in free bets. No better way to start off your Thanksgiving than $100 in free bets. It's hard to believe that the game is going to go 0-0 into overtime and end with a 0-0 tie. So I think you're pretty Not safe Not for Brian's that. Lions, uh, Browns, or, or Bears-Lions, I should say. That is true. I messed that, but Bears-Lions, the Tim Boyle, Andy Dalton, quarterback duel yikes yikes you know big time america needs to turn this game off yes like look the nfl believes they can put any game on thanksgiving and people will watch right Mm, right yeah so oh it's detroit every year and detroit every year is terrible watch the parade watch you know watch the dog show watch college basketball just something else but Place a bet on DraftKings. Yeah, exactly. Play, <laughs> place a bet on DraftKings because even though it's a terrible game, there will be points scored to get that $100 in free bets. So head to the App Store now, download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now, and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get that $1 to $100 promo that they've got going on this week. And, of course, DraftKings is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. It may Speaking of DraftKings and speaking of that game on Thursday, I want to get into my DraftKings Sportsbook pick of the week, and it is with that game. It's with the first game this week. 
The Bears with Andy Dalton are mm-hmm. going into Detroit to play the Jared Goffless winless Lions. Come on. I mean, Andy Dalton is being so disrespected by this line. The Bears, three-point favorites. They're on the road. Sure, I get it. But Mace, this is Andy Dalton, who who used to be a good quarterback. He's a really good backup quarterback. How, how good is the Lions backup? What's it? I don't even know his name. You just said it. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle. Tim Boyle, who in his two combined uh, uh, college stints, he, he transferred, I believe had something on the lines of 12 touchdowns and 26 picks. There you go. How did how yeah, does in college? This guy, yes. How Are does this guy me? get a shot? Are you kidding? What's going on in Detroit? And I can't even get a shot? What What is this, NFL? You know, br- you'd be better off with Kyle Sloter. You would. You, Seriously, you bring really back Sloter. I am rather than make us watch Tim Boyle again, who by the way, he he had did you see his stat line on, on Sunday? On Sunday? Oh, I can't even imagine. I mean, they only lost to the Browns by 3, but it was not because of Tim Boyle. They only put up 10 points. They only put up 10 points. They were behind. This is impossible. 15 of 23 for 77 yards. <laughs> Tim Boyle says you think it's impossible. Hold my beer. I mean, he literally doesn't even he he's literally not even averaging three and a half yards an attempt. This this game DraftKings DraftKings is also telling you that this is a terrible game to bet on. Mace, the over under or not to bet on, but to watch. The over under is forty one and a half. I mean, th- this is something you see in like uh, freshman year football, mm-hmm. where DraftKings just has no confidence in either quarterbacks coming out of eighth grade, and this is what you're seeing here. But I I love oh the line already moved from about thirty minutes ago. It was at three, <laughs> now it's at three and a half. So yeah. get in on that before it keeps going up. Yeah, get in on that. But man, woof. All right, <laughs> we're we're gonna we're gonna do a. Uh, we're gonna do a soccer bet today. Love it, love it. Thanksgiving soccer. Uh, we're gonna do pre-Thanksgiving. We got some champ. We got some Champions League uh, action going on. And uh, okay, maybe I I might be falling for what appears to be easy easy money here. But you've got Man United in total chaos right now. They're playing in the Champions League at Villarreal. Villarreal thirty-one to twenty odds to straight up win. I'm taking that. I'm taking that right now. United can't seem to get out of its own way. They just sacked manager Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. They're looking. They're basically in a transition period. That doesn't usually bode well for going on the road in Europe, playing a big playing a big Champions League tie. So I'm going to take Villarreal to win straight up today. I love it. I, you said 30 to 21 odds. 31 to 20. All right, I'm at 31 to 20. That's that's about plus 155. Yes. For, for, from everyone in the different odds out there, <laughs> uh, I'm starting to understand these these odds, Mesa. I like it. I like maybe, it. And I'm starting to understand 155. So maybe we're going to find a <laughs> eventually we're going to find a happy medium here. And of course, if you want to find just a happy medium of sports coverage, oh, like, actually you got to finish your DraftKings read. Right? I did. We're done. Oh, you already got the Absolutely. disclaimer in. Yep. Okay. All right. I was thinking about my smooth i was thinking about my champions league pick (laughs) so you want to come on down the dmvr bar you know we got wi-fi here to watch all the games so you can get on your DraftKings app while you're here at the dmvr bar place bets during the match you can walk during the match during the game whatever you can watch all sports games involving colorado teams here at the dmvr bar 
we're going to get the sound. So you you, don't, you go to a sports bar somewhere else, and you're they're going to be playing music. They're going to be doing something else, maybe doing trivia. Nothing wrong with trivia night, but you want to watch the game. You want to hear what's going on. So the DMVR bar, you'll hear the sound when you come watch the Avs, when you come watch the Nuggets, when you come watch see the, the Buffs and the CSU Rams. And so you come on down the DMVR bar, and if you're a DMVR member you're going to get a price break. Of course, you're going to get the big beer for the price of a small beer. You're also going to get a price break on our tailgates because we've got another tailgate coming up against the Chargers this week. And look, maybe you're down about the Broncos. I get it. That last game against Philadelphia was terrible. But have you seen the weather forecast for this week? Ooh, another beauty. Yes, we're talking about mid, mid to upper 60s, sunshine, absolutely perfect weather, a perfect day to be outside. Maybe maybe you're down in the Broncos, but you want to just have some fun. Come on down to the tailgate that we'll have starting at uh, starting in the morning with all the sexy pizza you can eat, all the brick brews you can drink. And if you are a DNVR member, it's only $20 to come to that tailgate. So check it out. You can get the, the tickets at the dnvr.com if you're a member. If you're not a member, hey, come on down for 25 come on down for 25 dollars and you can get all the the pizza and all the beer that you want a great way to enjoy a beautiful day at the pre-game tailgate which by the way you can find at 18th and federal it's right behind sports fan it's got a great view of the stadium and it's going to be a beautiful day so even if you don't go to the game why don't you come on down to the tailgate You'll have a good time. We guarantee it. Absolutely. We do guarantee that. And something else we guarantee is working at Ball is a fantastic place to start your career, continue your career, switch industries. And right now they're hiring on their production line and guys for their production technician job. They're starting offer, they're starting their wages at $27.39 per hour with potential increases for every six, 12, 18 months on the job. And it offers exposure to a lot of other manufacturing positions at their plant. So not only can you get in, get opportunities for advancement with your pay, but you can also get opportunities to move around within the company. And this is a company that you're going to want to stay at for a long time because not only do they have great benefits, including 401k for retirement, stock purchase ownership, uh, and even annual bonuses, but they're a great place to work. Their culture of belonging index received a perfect score, 100, meaning that they are a fantastic place to work with fantastic pay as well. So if you want a job over at Ball to be a production technician, go to jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. That's jobs.ball.com and search for Golden. All right, Mace, let's hop into this conversation about who are other players, core players that the Broncos must keep because we talked to George Payton yesterday. And Mace, one of the things that George Payton didn't say yesterday was... Boy, Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are just such good wide receivers that we couldn't let them leave. What they do on the football field is too valuable and nothing else matters. No, in fact, we didn't hear George Payton harp on these guys uh, on exactly what they bring to the football field, and that's exactly why they kept them. What George Payton harped on was obviously they're good football players. We all know they're good football players, but what George Payton really harped on that made them core players that made them guys that George Payton said he could not see the Broncos not re-signing him. What gave them all of that added uh, value to the team 
was who they are as people and players off the field, how they work out, uh, how they approach the the game and and the workout and and their job with such a positive attitude in the weight room, in the locker room, uh, during rehab. And that was something that we know George Payton has liked, but he made it extremely clear that he really valued that. So I want to talk about who else are the Broncos' core players that we kind of view George Payton viewing in a similar light of the Broncos aren't going to let go. They're not going to let them leave. We know a few already. We know Justin Simmons, uh, obviously Mm -hmm. because of the contract. Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Probably say the same about Shelby Harris as well from the contract. Definitely more of a leader type than someone who's going to be in the Pro Bowl, but yes. Right. And they're valuing leadership with someone like Shelby Harris. And you know, Shelby's one of those guys that I think in the wake of uh, Von Miller being traded is going to is, is having and will have a more forceful voice in the locker room. I think so. So yeah. I think those are four guys mm-hmm. that you start with. And what's interesting about this is I don't think you just look at guys that have long-term deals mm-hmm. here. Because Garrett Bowles, I'm not ready to put him in that court. Now, he is for the next two years because of his contract. Mm-hmm. But remember, George Payton didn't, didn't, did not give Garrett Bowles that contract. So who, who are other guys that George Payton views as core guys? So you can look at more than just on-the-field production. Yeah, we're going to start finding out some of them, I think, in the next 12 months or so. Mm-hmm. I think, for example... We will probably learn if he regards Noah Fant as a core player by the spring. We will with that fifth-year option. If he gets the fifth-year option, I think that's going to say core player. Mm-hmm. And he, also, kind of similar, really quick on that, yeah. Mace, really similar with Garrett Bowles. Mm-hmm. George Payton did not draft Noah Fant. Right. So he has not put his stamp of approval on him. He yet. has not, but at the same time, he didn't draft Cortland Sutton. He didn't draft no. Tim Patrick. So but he signed those he's, guys. Right. He's, he's, he's signed them, but he's shown a willingness to embrace mm-hmm. the people that he inherited. And part of that is, look, he does have John Elway still in the building most days right now. He was there yesterday. Yes. And bottom and the bottom line is when John Elway is still there as president of football operations, probably for another oh seven months or so. Right. I was gonna say the he's got this year. Yeah, he's he's got that that contract has to expire. It may well dovetail with new ownership, but as long as John Elway is still there, he's going to ask his input. And you know what? Even if John Elway is no longer there on a most days basis, doesn't have an office at Dove Valley on the other side of this, I think Peyton is still going to call John Elway and ask about the guys that he drafted. Yeah, I think you're I th- right, but I don't I know if hope he, that's not the case. Yeah. There's a reason that George Payton was brought here, Mace. There's a reason he was brought here, but he also has a respect for John Elway. Yeah, and, and that, there's gonna be and and there's going to be some of that. I th- I mean, I don't want to use the term paying tribute, but I think he's going to at least kind of pick up the phone. Well, that I mean that that's what he admitted to yeah. Peter King was that a oh, reason that he didn't want to draft a quarterback cuz he wanted to see John Elway's guy aka yeah. Drew Locke get a shot and get get a legitimate shot and that that's the the most concerning thing that I've heard from George Payton since he since he became general manager. So in terms of guys that have been drafted recently, you say okay, who could be core guys? Uh-huh. We're going to learn about Noah Fant in the next 6 months or so. So is he now though, would you say? I'd say he's got to show more. I would say yes. So that's a, a no, guy. and I would say no. And but but I put there are, there are guys that I have asterisks by. 
they can show that they're core guys, but they're not there yet. So, so Noah Mesa, Fant I, has the asterisk by his name. Really quick, I yeah. think that asterisk is a fair part. We're not saying these yeah. guys can't become it, but right, right now is no. But, but he they can. can be. Sure, can. Draymond Jones can be. Is he now? But he's not there yet. He's he's not there yet. Everyone expected him to be there about mm-hmm. right about now, midway right. through the season. Everyone expected to see it, but he's not there. He's not he's not there at this point. It's funny. I actually feel more certain about two younger players as core guys than Draymond Jones and Noah Fent. And me too. Y- you probably know who I'm thinking of. Yep. That's Javante Williams and Pat Sertan. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, George Payton has put his stamp of approval on these guys by using top 50 picks on both of them. And obviously a top 10 pick on Pat Sertan as well. That shows you how much, actually top 40 picks on these Mm -hmm. guys. That shows you how much that George Payton really likes these guys. So without a doubt, they're two core Mm -hmm. players. And we're going to see that because Patrick Sertan is already the Broncos' number one cornerback. And Javante Williams is going to be the Broncos' number one lead running back next year. So where does Ronald Darby rank in this? Ah, he's not a core guy. Yeah. I mean, you gave him a big contract, yes. And he's going to be around for probably the next two years. But I think he's on the other side of this line. He is. He is. Because it it doesn't mean if you sign a player, he's automatically a core guy. You're going to have to sign players. And you're going to have to sign players for, you know, semi-big contracts, which is kind of what Ronald Darby got. But he's he's not a core guy. He's not a guy that, that you say, I can't see him not being here. Yeah. We'll figure out if they regard any inside linebackers as core guys based over the next few of what they do the next few months. I don't, I don't think any of them are core guys. They're at this not. Point. And Mace, their contracts are going to to reflect right. that. They're not going to yeah. sign Kenny Young, Alexander Johnson, and Josie Jewell. I don't think they're going to sign all three. They're going to sign one or two of those guys. But whoever they sign, I think it's going to be probably for a prove it deal. Uh, a one-year thing, or one year, get, six million. I could see Kenny Young getting getting three years, fifteen million, something like that. But that means you, you're a starter. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean you're a core player. So I, I agree, no no core players at inside backer. So let's go to the outside linebackers, and I think that brings us to the most interesting discussion. Mm-hmm. And I think the one that we that we both been waiting to talk about here. Do you regard Bradley Chubb as a core guy? The Broncos really, really want him to be. Yes. A core guy. They're trying to make him into a core they guy. They are. They're trying, trying to make darnest. Bradley Chubb core guy happen. Yep. Yep. They are. But, but now, no. <laughs> Thanks, Kale. <laughs> no, he's not. He's not. And unfortunately, it starts with the old cliche: the best ability is availability. And now, as we sit here, there have been. 58 possible games for Bradley Chubb in his career, and he has missed 23. And 20 uh, and, and 20 of the 35 he, games that he has played were the first 20 games of his career. So since week five of the 2019 season, he has missed more games than he's played, and he's probably going to miss at least one more. Because while he is practicing this week, Vic Fangio said yesterday they're going to be conservative with him and how they bring him back. So I don't expect Chubb out there this week. I think it's probably touch and go that he's even out there next week against Kansas City. And then whenever he's back, and I agree, I think it's we're still many yeah. weeks away. Whenever he's back, 
I expect there to be an acclimation time for for him to come back. I don't expect one sack a game Bradley Chubb no. to be right there. No, maybe he has a couple of sacks uh, in a game, but then I expect some slow play as well. And this is just, it's such a bummer. When Vic Fangio got here, Mace, he clearly liked and valued Bradley Chubb more than Von Miller. Remember, this is when Von Miller was still racking up 14 sacks, I think, the season before Vic got here. So Von was mm-hmm. showing a lot, and Vic said Bradley Chubb's better than him. George Payton, he wanted to sign Bradley Chubb right when he got here. Mm-hmm. Cortland Sutton and Bradley Chubb were the two guys that he was pointing to about working out contract extensions. Broncos are so far away from a contract extension with Bradley Chubb right now. So far away. And they have the fifth-year option next year, which they're franchise, on the hook for. Franchise tag beyond that. Exactly. So Chubb's got to, at this point, Chubb's got to prove a lot. He does. He and does. And it's because of the it's not because he's not a good enough player. It's because of the health. And the Broncos can make him a core guy right now, but they're not going to because he's not. Yeah. And it's it's a bummer. You can't have a top five pick, especially at a non quarterback position, not be a core guy. And unfortunately that's what Bradley Chubb is right now. Yeah. And the fact that he he did come to Denver with an injury history. Did come to Denver with an ACL tear in his past, and now he's had another ACL tear, and now he's having the issues this year. It's at a point where can you really rationalize a huge multi-year deal that being a core edge would merit? No. I I don't think you can. No. In fact, Mesa, I spoke a a little bit on the side with George Payton yesterday, uh, and one of the things that, that he said was, with Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, the risk is now on the Broncos, but by but for for injury purposes because they paid him that money. Right now, the Broncos they can't be confident in putting that type of trust uh, in in risk mm-hmm. in Bradley Chubb. Right, and it keeps happening over and over. Exactly, again. it's that, not that's just one thing. ACL tear like it was with Cortland. Right, he will he will have had two of the last three seasons in which he will have missed over half the games in the year. Mm-hmm. And the fact that there was an injury history before, I don't know if you can look at that and say, we're going to give him a big contract. There Now, it's not to say that you can't recover and be productive. I mean, I think back to uh, Thomas Davis in Carolina who managed to keep playing despite going through three ACL tears Oof. over his career. But... Davis is the exception. Thomas, for whatever reason, Thomas Davis, who now is moonlighting as a game day photographer for the Panthers in his retirement, is is a unicorn. I don't know that Brad. I don't know that Bradley Chubb is going to work out the same way as Thomas Davis did, uh, overcoming that sort of injury history. Yeah, I, I agree with yeah. you. We, we talked about safeties. Kareem Jackson, no. I mean, they they cut him already this year. Yeah, and he's good for this year, and he's a good locker room presence. But everything is pointing toward Caden Stearns being the starter next exactly. year, exactly. And then Jamar Johnson being the being the third man in. Yeah, I mean, ba- basically, you can see a scenario where Johnson replaces Stearns as the sixth defensive back, and Stearns becomes a starter. 100%. It seems like it's trending that way. 100%. So so, so the, there it is for the defensive mace. Let's jump into the offensive side of the ball. After I tell you about sexy pizza. And sexy mace, time. You talked about the, the, the tailgates mm-hmm. that we have on game day. Sexy pizza and Breckenridge Brewery fuel us, and sexy pizza is so good. Uh, I believe it was Jock said he, he crushed eight, 
pizza, eight slices of sexy pizza. That's almost at the a last whole tailgate. Pizza. It it is. They just keep bringing us the delicious warm pizza, hot pizza, I should say. But also, if you're not the tailgate, you can check out one of their great locations in the Denver area. You can go to sexypizza.com to find out more about the company, more about exactly where their where their their uh, uh, their pizza places are. And Mace, you can also get one of their philanthropies, which is awesome. It's a portion of every one of their pizzas goes to the five specialty pot or five specialty organizations in the area. So it's a really cool way to have delicious pizza and also support great causes. Uh, sexy pizza does it right, Mace. They absolutely do it right. So if you want to get some of this sexy pizza, go to sexypizza.com to find out more. And of course, visit one of their locations in the Denver area. And also their opening location down in Trinidad they are. as well. So check that out if you're in Southern Colorado. Also check out Hassel Cattle Company, that damn good beef. They call it the blue collar Wagyu because the best damn Wagyu that any man or woman can afford. And yeah, you're thinking about turkey this week, but does anyone really like turkey? No. Like no turkey way. is, to me, turkey is just okay unless it's smoked. So let's say you don't have a smoker. Say you only have a grill. You're living in an apartment or a condo. You can't have a big smoker. You've got a little grill. Well, tur- grilled turkey, eh. But grilled beef, on the other hand, that is primo. So let's say you're having that Thanksgiving in your condo, in your apartment. You've got your grill on the balcony, or you've got the little, you've got an electric grill there in your kitchen, and you still want to make a great Thanksgiving meal. Forget about roasting the turkey. Get out the grill and get some of that beef from Hassel Cattle Company. Have have some of those fillets, those New York strips. Or, hey, maybe you just want to do some amazing burgers. So get some of the ground beef from Hassel Cattle Company. It is all Wagyu beef. And guess what? You can get 15% off your entire purchase by using the code DNVR15 at checkout. So go to HasselCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Use the code DNVR15, get 15% off. And oh, by the way, if you get to $200, and if you're having some people over, you probably will want to get to $200. You can get free shipping on that. And maybe you're going to miss Thanksgiving, no problem. You're going to have Christmas coming up, holiday meals. Maybe you're doing something big for Festivus on December 23rd. There's why do the traditional just go get your guests some beef from Hassel Cattle Company. Grill those grill those fillets, grill those New York strips. And we promise you, if they are a carnivore, they're going to be satisfied. So check out mm-hmm. HasselCattleCompany.com, H-A-S-S-E-L-L, CattleCompany.com. Use the code DMVR15 for 15% off. You need your teeth to eat Hassel and to eat sexy pizza. And you need to keep those teeth clean and healthy and happy. And our friends over at Green Mountain Dental do just that. And why don't you go check them out? Because, Mace, not only are they part of our DNVR family, not only do they treat you like family, but as a good family member, they give you a gift when you come and schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them over at Green Mountain Dental. They'll They'll hand you over a free Sonicare toothbrush. Free Sonicare toothbrush, something you use every single day. You're going to the dentist twice a year anyway, so might as well check out our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. They're only a 15-minute drive from downtown Denver. They support us in supporting 
supporting our partners is supporting us as well. So make sure to check them out. Schedule that cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you will be hooked up with a free Sonicare toothbrush over at Green Mountain Dental. By the way, did you see uh, the news earlier this hour? Philip Lindsay, no longer with the Houston Texans. Yes, and letting him go. Boy, how about George Payton getting crushed for that move when he let him go? One of his first, probably his boldest move that he made is at that time as the general manager of the Denver Broncos, got crushed for it, buried for it, and it turned out turned to be right. The, the right move because the Broncos were then able to go get Javante Williams in the draft. Philip Lindsay, the Texans have been awful. Philip Lindsay is just straight up an awful, Mace. I mean, look, look, look at what happened with Philip Lindsay this year. He's averaging, what, 2.6 yards per carry? His per carry average, by the way, in his career has gone from 5.4 as a rookie to 4.5 in year two, 4.3 in year three, and 2.6 this year. Yep. That is a bad, bad sign. And so you say, well, it's the Texans. Mace, the rest of the running backs in, in Houston have not been good, mm-hmm. but he's been the worst. And in fact, you look at this last game, and shout out to my guy, Lou, who sent me this. Uh, Rex Burkhead averaged 2.2 yards per carry, had 18 carries. Uh, Taylor had six carries for 4.7 yards. Johnson had 13 carries for 1.4 yards per carry. Not None, none of those are inspiring, but they're all touching the ball. Philip Lindsay, one carry for negative three yards. Yeah, I mean, they're all, look, the entire group is struggling. It's big na- big names that have done nothing. Per carry average this year, Mark Ingram, 3.2. David Johnson, 3.0. Philip Rex Burkhead 2.8, Philip Lindsay 2.6. That's what I'm saying. They're all struggling right now. He wasn't now. even able to break out there. And I know this is yeah. probably upsetting everyone, but it, yeah. it my my point to this is is the Broncos actually made a good decision when, when they did that. Because like you said, Mace, he's been trending in the wrong direction. I hope Phil gets hooked up with the Pats. Mm-hmm. I hope Phil gets hooked up with the Buffalo Bills and, and finds a lot of success. I think all of us are going to be cheering for that. But He's trending in the wrong direction. He's on a bad team, and he's the worst running back on that bad team. So it just shows you that. And, and also, there's some people, I don't know if joking or not, saying sign Philip Lindsay is he's, he's not the answer you need. No. I mean, he's a situational back at this point. And, and the Broncos and Pat Shermer have not shown that they're situational back type of people. Now, if on the other side of this season you make a change – at coach, you make a change at OC, and you've got a Patriots acolyte who believes in heavy situational use of running backs, then by all means, you could probably find a place for Philip Lindsay, but not the way things are structured right now. It definitely would yeah. not the way things are structured now. All right, Mace, let's get into the offensive side. We already touched on how Javante Williams is a core player. Is Melvin Gordon? Uh, no. No. Yeah, he, he's, he's core for this year, but... Unless you get him at a discount, you're moving in a different direction after the year. It doesn't look. I could see Melvin Gordon being back, but he's not going to be back on $8 million a year. You're not a core player as a backup either. Unless it's like continue to be the one and one A. But the the history of George Payton is that even though there have been there have been rep sharing situations that he's been a part of in Minnesota. The preference is if you've got the guy, he's going to be the bell cow unless he gets hurt. Javante Williams, I think he wants him to be 
Denver's Dalvin Cook. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So I agree with you. No one there. We already talked about the wide receivers. Obviously, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Mm -hmm. Judy. You hope is one. Now you have a lot of time for Jerry Judy to prove that. Uh, We talked about tight ends as well. Noah Fant is Mm -hmm. not, has time to change that. And so let's get to the offensive line, Mace. Garrett Bowles, his contract says he's a core player. So you don't have to worry about that until I think two years from now is when you can cut him. Yeah, he's a core player at this moment. Just the, the deal the deal says that, but is anybody else on the offensive line a core player? No, not yet. Now it's funny we talked about Lloyd Cushenberry earlier, being somebody that if you go young at quarterback, he might be somebody you look to replace to get a more experienced center who's seen everything. Now Cushenberry has improved in recent weeks, but we are still a ways ways out from knowing if he's a core player. Hundred percent. But you have you have time. You have. If you keep him, you have a year or two to figure that out mm-hmm. and see if he can grow into that role. It's way, way, way too early to say that about Quinn Miners as well. Yep. Now, could they get there? Absolutely, they could get there. I think the bigger question is, where do we see Dalton Reisner at this point? Yeah. No, and, he's and not a core player. That and, and the decision on that is coming up. Now, more promising work in the last couple of weeks. Can he sustain that the rest of the season? So... He's somebody that I think you would put the asterisk by, just like you've got it by Draymond Jones and you've got it by Noah Fant. He can get there. He is not there today. He is not there today. And Mace, that's the most concerning part about this team outside of the quarterback position for me is the offensive line. You have one core player, and the reason he's a core player right now is just because of his contract. I think if you were to look at the way Garrett Poles has played this year, I don't think you're locking him up to a $17 million per year contract. Um, yeah, probably he, not. He, he's been better this year than he was every year up till last year, but he's certainly taken a step back from where he was last year. And then the rest of the offensive line, there are no, no, no core right. players on it. And this was a position that you really hoped last year and this year it was going to continue to take steps in the right direction. You had Mike Munchak. You had significant investments on the offensive line. I mean, Juwan James, that feels like ages ago yet we know what happened with him and three games three games just three games just absolutely incredible so no core players there and, and that's why it feels uh like maybe you use money in that area instead of wide receivers but mm-hmm. i think maybe we we really went pretty deep on this entire team and i want to go really deep on these comments sections. first of all we have any super chats today Kale? We do All not. Right. Yes, we do not wow. have any super chats. So let's jump into the comments that people have left on the website. First one coming in from Tom Mercury he says, even though we have now locked up a receiving core that could be attractive for a free agent quarterback, wouldn't the ownership issues stop those same free agent quarterbacks from wanting to join the Broncos organization? Mm, not to the same degree. I, I think, mean, maybe they'll give them a little bit of pause, but you have an idea that the owner, if the team is for sale, the the owner is going to be somebody with a lot of resources. And don't forget, with Aaron Rodgers, he's played now 17 seasons, 14 as a starter, in a place that effectively doesn't have an owner. Yep. They've got you know a CEO and Mark Murphy who handles the day to day. But I think I think Rogers Rogers comfortable comfortable with that. Also, Russell Wilson, he's just been in a situation where for the last few years. It's been trust ownership, even though the the person running it on day to day basis, Jody Allen, Paul Allen's sister, is certainly has a, a very 
deep connection to Paul Allen, obviously, as a sibling and is pretty and is kind of engaged. In, that trust seems to be functioning in a in a more clear manner than what we've seen from the Broncos trust. Things are not as murky as far as what's going to happen with the Seahawks. They're the re- it's not speeding toward a sale, sale at this point. The Seahawks could kind of continue indefinitely the way they are. So both of them come from situations that have ownership situations that aren't necessarily the ideal. So I don't know if they would rule the Broncos out just because the team is being sold. I think it's a great question, Tom Mercury, but I think yeah. where ownership becomes more of an issue is with general manager and your head coach. I think the Broncos are going to have to do a lot more convincing of a, of a potential new head coach that the ownership situation is okay than a quarterback. The quarterback, as long as this guy's not making a fool of himself and, and he makes a, a terrible work environment and players hate it, uh, and as long as the money's there and the resources are there, then it's fine. And what did we just find out? The Broncos just, you know, had $90 million ready to go for Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton. So, no, I actually don't think that's a big issue at all. But I do think it's a great question. But it is, like you said, for a coach, when they're doing the interviews of the of the coaching candidates, when you get through the part of they ask you questions and George Payton says, do you have any questions for us? If it's not the first question, it's going to be in the first two. What's the deal with ownership? Who do we expect to own this team by September? Yep. Exactly. Every coach is going to have that question. And if there are, like, let's say it's Dan Quinn. If there are multiple teams after Dan Quinn, even though George Payton and Dan Quinn have a relationship dating back over a decade, that's a question that uh, that may give Dan Quinn pause. Yep. If he if he has another potential offer from a team that's got a more stable situation. Without a doubt. Next one from Aviator. Chris says, how would y'all compare Thomas and Sanders' play style and contracts to Sutton and Patrick? I believe, as you said earlier, we got great value for finally pulling the trigger earlier rather than waiting. How would you think Sutton and Patrick will play in PFM's glory days? Keep up the great work. Hashtag Broncos. Oh, they'd be great in Manning's glory days. No doubt. They they would be great. Now, who's, who's a better duo, though? Well, the interesting thing is that it's different skill sets because Emmanuel Sanders has kind of the speed quickness that you don't necessarily see from Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton. Right. So it's a different dynamic. I think I think they'd be very successful with Peyton, but I also say I, I also kind of like the contrast in styles of Thomas and Sanders better than the Sutton and Patrick. But the other thing you have to throw in there is you got Jerry Judy. Right. And Jerry Judy fills in some of those gaps. So I think the the bigger question is, would you rather have, um, would you rather have Thomas Sanders slash Welker or Thomas Decker slash Welker? Or would you rather have Sutton, Patrick and Judy? Yeah. That's a fair debate. And that's just something that, I mean, boy, DT, so unbelievably dominant, especially in those He's the best single years. receiver of all of those groups. So I'm taking period. DT, and I think when you compare, it's DT or Cortland Sutton. For me, I'm taking DT over Cortland Sutton. Uh, Wes was just, I mean, he's he's you the got, best slot receiver in the game. You so. got one good year out of Wes. 2014 was well, and, and, that, and that's that's the group I'm choosing. So yeah. I, I am choosing West. He's the best slot receiver yeah. in the NFL, in NFL's history, in my opinion. And so then you're, you're choosing the group with Decker then in 2013. Sure. 
Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll do that, but that's not to put this group down at all by by any means. This group is, is still very good, uh, and contracts are similar in, in terms of pay. Now, actually, I think the these are a little cheaper uh, of deals. The Broncos are getting better value than what they got on Emmanuel because I think they were paying Emmanuel eleven million, and this is a in couple the years later. Contract, yeah, but that first contract they gave Emmanuel oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. about I'm thinking was about contract. five million dollars right, a year, right. and remember. They went to him because they didn't feel they could pay both Demarius and Eric Decker. Right. So that's why they went to Sanders, and then Sanders, who had been a number, who had been a wide receiver three in Pittsburgh, worked his way up to a more prominent role here, and then got the bigger deal mm-hmm. by 2016. But it's kind of interesting to to look at that uh, at that dynamic. What is happening here? Maybe is what would have happened. Perhaps it maybe if let's say they had not signed Welk. Let's say they tried tried to ring one more year in 2013 out of Brandon Stokely instead. Stoke retired. If that's the case, then maybe do they consider re-signing Eric Decker and doing effectively what they did this weekend with Eric Decker kind of being the Tim Patrick and then Cortland being the Demarius Thomas. Right. Yeah. It's interesting. Would have changed a lot for Eric Decker. It certainly would have. Because he kind of fell off not long after that. Yeah, absolutely. Alaska Preston says, my boys, a couple of questions for y'all. With Melvin likely gone after the season, does his departure open the door for Phil to return? Phil was supposed to be the lightning to Royce's thunder. I feel like Javante is the best embodiment of thunder we've seen on the team since CJ Anderson. With our thunder locked down, does it make sense to bring Phil back to be the flashy second string guy um again i think it depends on who's running the offense i i just i don't i mean i think that's a that's a fair point but mace philip Lindsay is trending in the right direction this year philip Lindsay and i didn't want to say it like this earlier because i know a lot of people love philip Lindsay. philip Lindsay was really bad really bad this year he was in a bad situation went to a bad team the team was not good there was a lot of things going wrong with the team but mace he wasn't. It's not like he was the best running back on their team. He was the worst running back on a bad team. So, Phil, we had a great time with you. You, you, you had an awesome three years here. But, no, I'm not bringing a guy back that is clearly trending in the wrong direction that was a bad running back this year. I'm not doing it. Yeah, again, like I said, I want to see the new co- if there's a new offensive coordinator next offseat next season. It depends. If it's a, a guy who likes he who likes to use back situationally, if it's a coach uses back situationally, then I think he could find a role for Felt Lindsay. But if it's Pat Shermer, that's not his mo. Wants he wants a running back who can do all of it, and that's not Phil. Mike right Boone, now. right now, Mike Boone is your number two. Yes. Dra- draft someone in the third, fourth, fifth, sixth round to be that uh, next Mike Boone type yeah. of guy. Plenty of those guys every year. Uh, who who will be trending up in the right direction? He he also goes on, but I think it's a fair question. I'm happy you asked it, Alaska Preston. He says, what is one position on each side of the ball you feel like needs addressed most this offseason? I'm bidding quarterback. I'd like to see something done at the tackle position. Either one. I like Massey, but his age worries me. Bowles hasn't been bad, but not great. Also, I would like a legit, scary, middle inside linebacker brought in. What are your thoughts? Well, left tackle, Mace, you're, you're stuck with Garrett Bowles. Mm-hmm. So if you want something a tackle it's a right tackle yeah I think uh let's see where on the defensive side let's see where things go with Jonathan Cooper the rest of the season and Malik Reed and Bradley Chubb getting back but I think you might be really looking at edge inside linebacker I think you've found some guys that you can if you re-sign Kenny Young you have Baron Browning I think you're finding some guys you can do fine with 
and that's not a core position anyway in the way that edge is so i'd say edge right tackle we kind of talked about earlier do you if you do go young cost control quarterback and you're only going to have you're going to have a first round quarterback who's going to be at a, like a four million dollar a year cap figure do you say all right let's let's build the the wall in front of him mm-hmm. so that means right tackle yep. and like i said that may mean best experienced center on the market yep that's to, to help that young quarterback along. You can have a young quarterback with a veteran center. You can have a veteran center with a young quarterback. But what you don't want is both. And that's one of the things that got Drew Locke in trouble last year. Yep. They There should have been, a, in retrospect, there should have been a veteran center there, not someone who was kind of growing at the same time. Because both were at the rel- a relatively low level in terms of identifying things pre-snap. And mm-hmm. it showed. Yeah. Uh, offensive line, just any and all of it. You need to have a huge investment. Uh, and then defense, you can really look at every position outside of safety and say they mm-hmm. need some investment. Would you bring back Bryce Callahan? Man. Again, best ability is availability. When he, when he's out there, man, he's good. It it, it has <laughs> to be a, a good value. And yeah. that that's something that, you know, I, I don't like to just throw out there because good values don't happen all that often. But, yeah, if, if you get him on a good value and you count on him missing half a season, then then sure. Or tie bonuses to playing time. Yeah, like a five million dollar base, and every, and every game he plays above like nine games, he gets another five hundred k. See, I I love that. I, I'm I'm. But I've, you don't see many of those contracts. My thought for him was one year five million. So okay. if we want to throw bonuses on top of that, that's fine. He finishes out and says, "God bless, go DNVR, all you guys, this community, and Ice Man. Yes, mm-hmm. Ice Man, we love you." Next one from Dan Burke says, Hey guys, so NFL.com did their initial list of coaches under 45 who are rising stars in the league. Last year, Zach Azani was at the top of the ones to watch list, but wasn't on the list because he exceeds the age threshold this year. The uh, um, this year, the Broncos coach this year was Christian Parker. What do y'all think about the job Parker is doing? And do you think the Broncos should try to retain him if the coaching staff changes? For a team that has had a coaching staff that gets criticized often, they've managed to put out four co-coordinators since 2017. Studisville, Clint Kubiak, Brandon Staley, and Ronaldo Hill. So should the Broncos try their best to retain an up-and-coming coach like Parker? I mean, we'll see. I, I can't kind of judge the job he's doing. We see kind of so little of it on a daily basis. I mean, he's got good material to work with. He's got great material to yeah, work with. Yeah, and you know, Pat Sertan's doing well. Darby's done fine. Uh, safeties overcame their hiccup that they had last month communication-wise. And they're back on track, but how much of it is the result of the talent? How much is the coaching? That is really kind of hard to figure at this point. So, I mean, I don't have any indication that Christian Parker's doing a bag job. I don't have any indication he's doing like a, a wow, oh my God, he's a head coach of the future job. Yeah, that would have to be something behind the scenes yeah. where if George Payton really gets that sense that he's crushing. Because what you also have to remember not only great talent, mm-hmm. a top 10 pick with Pat Sertan, uh, the the most expensive secondary group, especially the cornerbacks, but what is that Donatel? Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a defensive coordinator. He's really your secondary coach. Yes. And then what's Vic Fangio? A defensive mastermind is what a lot of people say. So, I mean, so Christian Parker's, Parker's like getting all the help he could get. He's kind of, the, he, he actually, you could say, maybe the assistant secondary coach yeah. because Ed Donatel works so much with the defensive backs. Exactly. So, so, so for yeah. me, if behind the scenes mm-hmm. he looks like the truth then yes you do keep him but if you're just basing it off of look at pat sertan's development uh i mean the cornerback room has also struggled this year and also i mean a lot of that is sertan himself 
And that's the other thing. Like you sometimes, right. sometimes coaches are along for the ride and they just happen to have the right personnel. I'm not saying Christian Barker's that guy, but let's face it, Adam Gase, <laughs> I mean, shouldn't he tithe Peyton Manning about 25% of the money he made as a head coach? <laughs> Peyton would like it. People in Denver would like it. It helped Peyton get closer to buying the right. team. Yeah. Some, I mean, sometimes it's a function of having good material to work with. So, yeah, I think the thing we can say about Christian pa- Parker is, you know, haven't heard anything negative, but we don't know at this point. Yep, exactly. All right, and final one here coming in from Windy City Bronco. He says, apparently Teddy no-tackle is sacked on 15% of dropbacks on opening drives. This gets me wondering about scripted plays since clearly whatever is being scripted is not working. Here, How are, the, how are these scripted scripts constructed? Is it 15 plays run in order no matter what the defense throws at you? Does that third play in the script assume third and short, third and long, or that is second down? Any idea what Shermer might be getting wrong here? Scripts are not as strict as I think they're presented as being. Right. There are audibles in scripts. There, Look, if you've got third and 13, unless you see a specific look, you're not calling a draw on third and 13, even if say the third play of the script says it's going to be a draw here. You're only calling that if there's a look. Otherwise, you're going in another direction. So there is a certain amount of flexibility that comes with it. Although that being said, you know, 50, being sacked on 15% of dropbacks and opening drives, that is something that's a concern. And it does put you behind schedule. So what's going on here? Is it protection bust? Is it Bridgewater holding the ball too long? I mean, I know the thing is, sacks in general, over the course of a season, they're probably half on the quarterback, half on the line. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I learned years ago from a few upset offensive linemen. <laughs> I wouldn't say upset. Not that they were yelling. When they were getting all the blame. Yes, and they didn't. And and, and I can I, I can credit some guys. I would actually like he wasn't upset, but. Uh, two guys that I would kind of credit with kind of teaching me about kind of the, res- the share responsibility of a sack um, were Ryan Coyle and Jordan Gross covering them in Carolina on the offensive line and really kind of opening my eyes to what was, which party was responsible for what. Right. And it is. And look, a lot of, t- a fair amount of Teddy sacks. Yeah. They're on Teddy. Yep. No doubt. Mm-hmm. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. Some of Drew's sacks last year, they were on Drew. Yep. It, it, that's, that's how these things work. Yep. Exactly, exactly. And Mace, I really enjoyed this conversation, and I also enjoy the people over at Green Mountain Dental, so check them out. Give them a call and schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam to get hooked up with a free Sonicare toothbrush. That's all you have to do. Schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam, and you'll get hooked up with a free Sonicare toothbrush from our friends over at Green Mountain Dental. We'd also really appreciate it if you hopped over and became a member. You can leave a comment, have those comments read here exclusively. Maybe even give it as a Black Friday present to one of your friends or family members. And for Andrew Mason, I'm Zach Stevens. That'll do it for us. Thank you all so much for rolling with us today. We really appreciate every single one of you. And don't worry, we'll be back with our picks and more Broncos talk tomorrow and Thursday. But for now, that'll do it. Thank you all so much for tuning in. Hello.